I don't miss any goal. Uh, okay, we're recording. Ta-da! Like, the first thing I see when I look at you, Dan Duran, is you look like you are ready for a jaunty sauce on the uh, boardwalk. You look very summery. Well, I'm feeling summery after uh, the weekend. After mm-hmm. it all flipped into beautiful uh, sunshine and you can walk outside and... No, not chill yourself. No, I, I just, I'm worried now because every time the weather comes up, you know, we get a, Mr. Fred's like, uh, we can't talk about the weather, but I mean, it is a subject on yeah. this program. Imagine we're into the first week of June, what, come Wednesday and uh, the weather's nice. Crazy. Wow. Are you, uh, are you, but you look like you're a little bit chilled there, old Freddie. You no, got a I'm hoodie fine. on or something? No, I'm good. Well, I got a hoodie on, but I'll wear a hoodie in my basement when the air conditioning's on. How the uh, how the Canada geese been for you so far? I haven't seen any. Mm. Oh, really? All I saw was that mink the other day under uh, Daryl's dock here, and uh, and then all of a sudden he he comes up out of the water and he's got a big fish in his mouth, and then he uh, swam back to the island. Huh. yeah. Wow, that is a. Uh... <laughs> that is something. Well, it was nature. It is nature. Nature in full form, Howard. Nature yeah. in full form. Uh, I got to find this thing. So just talk for a second. I've got to find uh, the thing that we use. Uh, well, at least it's not Fred against nature, which is kind of what Fred's mm-hmm. been doing. Oh, that's right. Fred against nature. Yeah. So then I went back down um, for a walk with my wife the uh, yesterday, I believe, and we came down around that pond down there, and there was a whole pile of Canada geese in that pond hanging out, but I didn't see any babies. It was all adults. So do the babies hide during the day or something? I, I and they I only so and they only come out for their swim. I think it was in early spring for a lot of that. There's uh, but there's some babies over by Darren's place. There's a oh. there was a one of the Canada geese that, that uh, now Lisa and I were on the deck uh, Saturday, I believe, and a duck went by with some little tiny ducklings. Now that is cute. Oh yes, that is sweet. Mm. But hey, the thing th- is, they stay close to the shore because I've seen it before. A little baby duckling official come up and just grab them and pull them under, which is tragic when you see that. You know, I was just going to ask Dan. I was going to ask Dan uh, what the name of my uh, system is that I use for uh, all the uh, show stuff. Because for a second, I couldn't remember it. Did, would you be able to have come up with it? Uh, shoot, it sounds no, it's not Farago. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't be able to. Come yeah, up me with neither. Because I use it hard. I hardly ever use. No, it. No, I know so. you don't. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt this uh, nature uh, talk. But I was, I was having a bit of a panic attack there for a second because uh, I couldn't remember the name of the application, but I found it. Good. Uh, That's now, yeah. why? So, do you think the uh, Canada geese have like a, they've stopped having babies? Is that what you think? <laughs> no, it's not that they've stopped having babies. I'm just usually by now you see a lot of babies. That's yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I saw a lot of babies earlier when I was you know started going up there this season. So there was right. there was some kicking around. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe uh, maybe somebody got into the. Well, I'm I'm still a advocate. I'm, I'm an advocate for your uh, Canada geese for the homeless plan. You know, should you <laughs> want to reenact that? It's a simple solution. Yeah, it's my social plan. It's uh, yeah, open all churches, all churches, homeless people, all homeless people live in churches that are unused most days of the week mm-hmm. and feed them Canada geese. That's right. Delect- be to delicious. 
Delicious. What could be simpler? Nothing. Great social programs. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, why don't we listen? Let's not mess around because we got a lot of show to do. We have lots of stuff to discuss. Let's start it up officially. Dan Duran, please. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our lovesick lake facility with a lake, and from Lisa's house in Peterborough. Mm. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture, relaxation, and decrease stress. And now, here are two men who spent the weekend looking for ways to include Metamucil in their summer meals. It's Humble and Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, did you get the uh, email I sent you as well? Yes, I did. Atta boy. Atta boy. Welcome, everybody. Hope you had a great Humble and Fred long weekend. We're on our summer schedule. Yeah, the uh, again at the risk of boring Fred, the weather did turn, and uh, what a difference! You know, I, I know this cliche to say what a difference a day makes, but having gone from wearing long pants and four layers as recently as Wednesday, I uh, played golf occasionally, and um, on Wednesday during one of those occasions, <laughs> I uh, it it was just. Ridiculous. That was our last day here. Wednesday was like 12 or 13 degrees. And then a couple days later, we're all Dan's dressed as a mime. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> I mean, I, I like that hoodie vibe only when you're I, I like a light hoodie when you don't really have to have it. But uh, I don't know when it happened, but Friday, Saturday and Sunday were outstanding. And we hope everyone had a, a chance to do something outside. It's almost amazing how immediately all the neighbors are out in the neighborhood. There's something charming about your obsession with the weather. I mean, we're all obsessed with the weather. My not obsession. Quite to the, no. Yeah, not quite to the degree you are. Okay. I'll go with that. during golf <laughs> Dan, Dan, but Dan I'll tell you what. Why don't we go with that? That I'm more obsessed with the weather than him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a, I love so that. Bad. I love that bit. That's your obsession. <laughs> <laughs> all all right, right. Please continue. Actually, no, actually, it's quite charming because... It's actually well when that's a big a big thing in your life you're you're really rolling you know yeah I am like uh, I know somebody recently that uh, was diagnosed with uh, you know a bad disease and uh, I heard yesterday another gentleman that I had met before died of a massive stroke I mean these are what? problems seriously right? oh yeah, yeah, Some, yeah someone we know you don't know them no no oh, you okay. don't know them but again it's these what was you know, the, it's uh... this mid sixties upper sixties stories you're hearing all the time so. You know, if weather stays at the top of your list. For sure. Well, what was the, of the guy that died, what was the weather like on the day he died? I don't know. Okay. And I don't want to joke about it. Okay. Good place to bring it up then. <laughs> yeah, good place to bring it up. Yeah, wrong, yeah, wrong forum no, no. for that. It's no, just perspective. Well, you, you know. know, you're right. Although, again, going with the I'm more obsessed with the weather part. Hey, okay, but you're ahead. but you're right about the mid to late 60s you know it came up in a conversation we had some time ago i think dan was part of it where we're talking about how there's life expectancy number and then there's the 
good life expectancy number. And I think that when I say good life, meaning the health, mm-hmm. the wellness, the fitness, whatever, and 69 is that number on average when, right. you know, you really start to break down. Right. Break it down. I came out of my shed yesterday and caught the side of the little platform just outside and went over on my ankle and then fell and banged my knee on the gravel. And immediately I'm before I'm even registering. Do I hurt? I'm thinking if I'm hurt now, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Seriously. Mm -hmm. And then I get up and I'm trying to talk myself into it. Like, okay, I'm okay. That hurt on my knee. It felt like something stretched, but I'm okay. And then my knee, my foot's a bit sore this morning, but I won't be in a boot or anything like I was a few years ago. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, always on your mind. Dan, does any, I mean, I know Dan doesn't like to acknowledge any kind of aging with or without energy. Uh huh. Do you have any aches and pains at your advanced age of whenever you are, 75, For the most 80? part, no. Every once in a while, I'll get a little, you know, something in my back or hip or something like that. Really? It's usually related to me, uh, you know, doing some heavy lifting or whatever within the last few days. But generally, I've been pretty lucky. I, but I do think about that. I mean, it's like, well, I feel lucky in a way now that I'm not, because I know people who are suffering through pain every single day <laughs> i know uh but i'm not i'm not in that situation as of yet but who knows everything could change in a in a second because i've once in a while had I, I don't know i had sciatica or something for uh for a week once and a, that a whole like, week yeah i know crazy it was really painful but you know then you go like wow that's what people there's people that, that live through that every single day and that would just drive you it could drive you, couldn't it? Well, chronic pain, yeah, it yeah. can be a bitch. It certainly can. I, I someone was telling me, I think this related to a, a friend or a, a friend of theirs' mother had cracked their hip, and they were in their early eighties, and the hip crack led to the demise of this person. And you think, because you always wonder, well, like, that'll do it. That'll yeah, do but it. and you think in the surface, why is that? Why is the uh, the, you always hear about people who you know break their hip and then they 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 sort of go downhill from there. And I, I just I never understood it until well, yeah. Well, but there's a reason for it because mobility as you age is a huge factor for people being able to stay in their homes. Yeah, maybe too, and you can't get to the toilet and you blow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this is. That's exactly why. Yeah. A- apparently, Dan and Fred, there's a there's a test of your ability to stand up from sitting. I, I don't know what oh. the name of it is, but it's the idea that you can you can you have mobility enough to get up from a sit, bearing your weight. Because for people as they age, that becomes more and more difficult. Maybe for mm-hmm. what you said, they can't make poopy on their own anymore. No, I get it. Again, my monitor is uh, under my deck at home and under my deck here at the Tin Palace. Every year, it's a little harder to get in under there. Yeah. And then when I get out and I stand up, it's like, whoa. And then I think, you know, could I maybe some conditioning can condition me for that? But I'm thinking at some point, you know, it's just it's just age. Yeah, man. Um, another spin on this age thing, you know. And we've talked about this before. You get to a certain age, why do you care anymore? 
I was just reading this one. Roger Waters, 79 years old. Did you see this story? About him uh, having a swastika on his... Yeah, well, I don't think he had a swastika. But a concert in Berlin. Yeah, he comes out in a long black trench coat and a red band and a machine gun. and You know, and he's really hung up on all that, you know, Trumpy shit. He is. I, I thought... Someone sent us a note. Julie Fleming sent us a note. Apparently, he did have a swastika. Oh, okay. I, the article I read, they didn't mention that, but I, I'm not surprised. Anyway, I'm just thinking at 79, you know, a history, you know, he had a long and respected history in rock music. <laughs> like, why at 79 do you want to be doing that? He said the uh, he wore a Nazi-style uniform on stage at a concert in Berlin that led German police to launch an investigation. He said it was an attempt to portray those elements as something that are disingenuous and politically motivated. He did it as a statement of uh, anti-fascism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we know what his recent history has been for some of the stuff he has said. And, he, you know, and then he leaned on the Trumpy stuff saying, oh, it's just political. And part of it was fake news. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, I, I, why? like, why? It's, like, Roger, get up on the stage. People love you for what you did. Like, why? 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 The outfit included a swastika-like emblem made of two crossed hammers. Waters said the depiction of an unhinged fascist fascist demagogue. <laughs> right. I don't know why anyone... You know, I don't know why anyone bothers anymore. Well, that... that you know what I mean? That's like an excuse. Um, I went blackface to... Um, protest blackface. Be, no, to, or, yeah, to protest blackface or to protest the treatment of black people, so I wore blackface. It doesn't fit, Roger. It doesn't fit. Nazi symbols, flags, and uniforms are prohibited in Germany. Did you know anyway, that? So li- <laughs> did you know yeah. that, Dan? Mm. I did not, but that yeah, makes there's sense, no, I guess. There's none of that stuff. There's none. Of, there's none of that stuff at like gift shops and curio stores, right? And if you're seen wearing it, you get a citation. Um, <laughs> but last snow, night, snow globe with one in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last night in uh, apparently a concert in Frankfurt. And they tried to stop it unsuccessfully. He went to court for the right to to perform that concert. And again, whether you're hearing or there on, you know, free speech and all that stuff. But again, all that concert controversy swirling around you when given your who you are, your, you know, your previous reputation and your age. What, like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Well, again, you know, some people still have uh, they they have that get up and go that they want to. Again, his thing is he's protesting fascism by being fascist. Uh, Dan, I want you to stick around because uh, we were talking about stress and aging. And you did mention we have a brand new sponsor. Years ago, Fred and I uh, were involved. I had a company that. You know, did a lot of personal training and uh, rehabilitation, sports medicine and such. And one of the things that we were introduced was this idea of assisted stretching. And uh, I was so excited when this company came to Toronto. It's called Stretch Lab. And because uh, I had tried this not only years ago with Freddie, but a few years ago when I was in the States, they, I went to one of these places and it's perfect, especially for people as you get over, older. As Dan said, it, it improves posture, it improves relaxation, decreases stress, but it also can improve your sports performance. What they are is, you know, 25 and 50 minute 
assisted stretching. They have a bunch of kinesiologists and, and professionals that just basically take you through a range of motion. So even if you don't want to improve your sports performance, which of course is one of the reasons I went there because you know my golf back is always hurting. Uh, but just in terms of your mobility, especially as you age, increases range of motion, flexibility, reduces muscle and joint pain. And as we said at the beginning, it will improve your posture, improve relaxation, and decrease stress. Go to StretchLab.com. I just want to make sure I got the uh, yeah, StretchLab Toronto. It's uh, downtown at StretchLab.com. There's a uh, pretty good uh, introductory stretch offer, $59 for a 15-minute mobility assessment. Go and check it out and see the benefits of stretching to help you move better and feel better today. Our newest sponsor. And over to you, young Frederick. Well, let's talk about the Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca. All the information is there. Uh, you know, you can get it off the website. You can also contact people if you want or need more detail. Uh, chamberplan.ca. Uh, you can get a free quote, find out exactly what it's going to cost you. When we say small business, we mean like one employee to maybe 100 employees. If it's something you thought was out of your reach, a benefits package, well, you were mistaken. Uh, because, you know, they have uh, certain levels that you can buy into, and uh, it works that way. I mean, just start with dental and prescriptions and some travel insurance, and it can go from there. It's the Chamber Plan, Chambers of Commerce, a group insurance plan, chamberplan.ca. See what I'm doing here is Stretch Lab and uh, the Spinner's Rubber Band Man. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Dan? This is called a, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, called a tie-in. That. Yeah. This was like really early CHAB 70s music. Uh, speaking of music, you're obviously aware, as uh, everyone was, of the passing of Tina Turner. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's another one of those iconic musicians where... You know, I don't know about you guys. I hadn't really thought about Tina Turner in some time. And then you start thinking about her and all the songs that you know from them. Exactly. Then you go right to Spotify and start playing them, which is I, what, yeah. I, what I did. Whenever I hear somebody dying, I was, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Some uh, suitable, uh, you know, any of the, t- the tiny dancer songs, mm-hmm. or whatever. You know. There's a great documentary uh, on her. Private I think dancer. it's Private Dancer. Oh, Private Dancer. What did Dan say? Tiny dancer. Tiny private dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny private dancer is one of my favorite Tina Turner songs. Um, Also, uh, Bashful Mary. I love that. Um, That uh, documentary on Netflix, I think it's on Netflix, is great about her rise, you know, going from uh, a battered woman, really, under the thumb of Ike Turner. And then uh, becoming, uh, you know, this woman, uh, this actress. She was in Mad Max. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, memories, man. In, uh, I guess, was it 84? Melanie would have been about two years old. Private Dancer came out. We got a copy of the album and played it a lot on a turntable. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
And Mel used to love What's Love Got to Do With It and sing it like as a two-year-old, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it, it's something we never forgot. And when I heard the news the other day, I phoned Delise, and that's the first thing we reminisced about. That was like Melanie's first sort of pop song that she sang. Wow. And that, remember that, that back then, Tina Turner was around maybe 40 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Hot, she was so hot. hot. <laughs> so Jesus. ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She. It's funny. I read some articles about just that period of where she was almost. I can't remember the phrase, but not so like older woman sexy. Yeah, and yeah. and but also very unabashedly kind of yes owned it. Kind of in a, in a weird way. This is going to sound strange, but in the in a weird way, kind of like the boss on Ted Lasso. You know, she's an yeah. older woman, but she's very sexy and statuesque and. And then Mel and uh, Delise went to a Tina Turner concert. I think she was 69 years old at the time, and they were just blown away by her agility. Like, they had the big set, and they hung stairs from the the, the Air Canada Center at the time. And she was walking up these stairs while they were moving, like, midair, and it was, like, it was fascinating, someone of that age, to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and again, like I said, you know, you start thinking about all the Tina Turner songs, like there's that one. What's the one the other one you mentioned, Private Dancer? Yes. Then you remember this? I'll get to that in a second. Like there was a ton of these uh, mid-80s Tina Turner. Another thing that helped Tina Turner, beside the fact that she was ridiculously talented and beautiful, was uh, her resurgence or emergence. Prisoner of your life. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Coincided with the beginning of the MTV explosion. The um, that private dancer album was like crazy. Yeah, it was like jagged little. Well, it was like one of the biggest albums of all time. I'm sure it ranks up there somewhere. Yeah, here's something else. We've mentioned it enough times, and she, of course, uh, Mm -hmm. is part of another another film that she was in. She was on the uh, Rolling Stones tour somewhere in the late 70s, and she just stole it, apparently. And I just vaguely recall it, but... Uh yeah, this is a cool song. Dan, did you ever uh, pleasure yourself to uh, Tina Turner? <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you, were, you were on a pretty good run there back in the uh, 70s when I met you. Yeah, you were on yeah. a... Dan was putting up, Dan was putting up Hall of Fame's uh, pleasuring yourself numbers back in the late seventies, early eighties when I first met him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> Dan. Anyway, you got anyway, back to the weather. Back to the weather. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw Dan's room, it was just a. Clothes and dirty magazines everywhere and lubricants. <laughs> lubricants? You know, Dan. You know, I was just, I don't know. It was just yeah. a sea of. Right. Well, things changed from when I was like 19 or whatever. Have they changed? You're not, uh, you're not lubricating yeah, no, anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for you, Dan. Yeah. Is this the hook now?
Do 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 do. Yeah, and it, you know it. We've talked about this before. You know, just slowly but surely, all those artists that we sort of grew up with and appreciated in their prime so many years ago are just dropping off one by one. You know. And uh, yeah. 83, I thought that was a bit young for her because she always seemed to be in great shape, but you never know. I don't know what the cause of death was, but I was... She was sick. I, I think she got sick at the end. Sick of what? Sick of being alive. <laughs> <laughs> of it all. I was just sick of it all. That's what's going to take me. I'm just going to finally get sick of it all. But I'm yeah, those stories about... Dancer. Sorry. Stories about Ike beating her. I used yeah. to think, like, why? You, her? Like, that? And why? What's the matter with Well, because he was a psycho. That's why. Oh, I know. Obviously. Yeah. Um, like, wow. Here's something I didn't know. I did not know. Maybe you guys did. I feel stupid. But uh, I did not yeah. know that this was not... Every now and then? An original. I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice. I'm trying to think. I guess this was uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Is what I, yeah, I don't like yeah. this song. This is the one I don't never, like. You don't like this song, Proud Mary? I've never, I've never liked the song at all by anyone. Really, not my favorite. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was my favorite either. Mm-hmm. But this is actually, I guess, Ike singing on. We're gonna take the beginning of this song. All right. Anyway, <laughs> what's that? Ike, what a what a nice fella! Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, he all you know. Again, there's no defending it, but that was a time in in the world where that was sort of a more common than you'd like to believe. Oh, tell me about it. You're right. You're right. Well, that was a better take on uh, the song than than CCR's take i think the way they did that song it started out slow and then got into the funky horns and everything else when it picked up right part way through the song i always love that part of it yeah again i'm with freddie not my favorite but this is a pre if you've ever seen this performance it's pretty good oh yeah yeah it's more of a it's like a great thing yeah exactly it's a great thing to see live um, I'm just messaging somebody who is uh, scheduled for tomorrow. Today is Monday, right? Somebody who is scheduled for tomorrow has uh, checked in on the Zoom waiting room today. So I'm just trying to... If you guys are seeing that message, that's uh, why. Uh, Dan, do you have anything uh, to add to this? Uh, or do you want me to uh, leave you alone? Uh, I have nothing to add to the Tina Turner thing, I, other than I just played a bunch of Tina Turner on the weekend. Did you know? I did, yeah. And you didn't, uh, I'm surprised you didn't go to the uh, trailer, uh, at first when you said you did <laughs> I thought, when Dan first came on and he was wearing his beautiful striped uh, polo, uh, I knew you hadn't gone to the trailer, but at, at first I was worried that they had condemned it. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, I guess, around the corner. I've kept that thing in good shape over the years, even though it is quite old. Oh, you've done anyway. it. You've listened. No one can fault you. Yeah, it's still there. It's still happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I was, a, <clears throat> was a, there was a thing called uh, Porch Pirates on the, on the weekend on Saturday, which I, I do with uh, Lisa all the time. And that is uh, basically 
they ask people to put stuff for the core of the food share out on their uh, porches and then uh, people come around and pick it up and uh, take it to the uh, the food share uh, location you know they bring it it's a, a major food drive for them all every year so nice. we were doing that and that was uh, my saturday morning and then uh, you know just got into other stuff i didn't uh uh, things were good enough here. I didn't feel a need to head to the lake. Yeah, well, maybe you're getting tired of the lake scene, man. You mean Fred next door and all the... Well, I mean, oh, but just the, listen, I know it's it's been a long yeah. time. It's been 30 years, and maybe you're ready to another adventure. Like I said the other day, maybe you just go and get a houseboat. Turn the page, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's time for that. Last time yes. I was up at the lake, though, I, I, got, I was talking about the Canada geese there. There's a road over near uh, Darren's place that has a pond on the left and the lake on the right. And there was a family crossing the road of Canada geese. And there was the dad geese, goose, or whatever, that would Papa goose. challenged my car. <coughs> it did what? It challenged it. It was like it was taking me on. Wouldn't let me pass. Wow. I didn't want to get out because it was a fierce looking goose. Yeah, no you know, shit. it's winked up. It's uh, you know, like, they're intimidating when they start yeah. hissing. I mean, in your car, you're all right, but sometimes when I've walked down by that pond and you come around the corner and the babies are there, the yeah, you're right. The wings yeah. are spread and they start hissing, and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to screw with that thing. It was like okay. a five minute standoff. What could I they do? Up. What could that? I'm, I'm being serious because I don't know. I'm not a you know a farmer like you guys. What could they do? The goose. Would I don't peck know, you Howard, or and it? I don't want to find out. Like, <laughs> they could peck you or something. Yeah. Especially with your bad knee now. Well, uh, that's a good question. I mean, you could probably just boot it in the head or something. Sure you could. I don't want to go to that. You know, I don't want to do that. No, you'll feed it to the homeless, but you don't want to boot it in the head. <laughs> well, that, you know, yeah. Good point. Um, I was yeah, being quasi-serious, though. Like, do they attack no, human beings? I, I would think... They would. Those pricks are threatened. I've had a. I've had one jump out of the water at me. You've had one what? Jump out of the water, so like just near yeah. the shoreline. It's all all about protecting their little babies. That's what the the whole thing was. Yeah, they're... for me, I had to back up on the road, but it followed me and kept it kept. So I went forward, but then I couldn't. I didn't want to run it over. It's um. It's just. You know, it's you just hear stories all the time of how they've taken over lakes and parks and stuff. But mm-hmm. there just really seems to be no there no no initiative to do something about it. I guess when it becomes blatantly obvious that it's a health concern, maybe. But they're just there's too many. But again, we've been up this road how many times? Oh, I never get tired of it. Oh. <laughs> At least it's not alligators and crocodiles, right? So then, well, that's I right. Guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about the people in Florida who are, you know, have a on top of all the other trouble they have for being people in Florida, they uh, <laughs> occasionally a crocodile or an alligator will snatch one of your children and just fucking right. eat it. But generally, right? They stick to their sort of own own domain, and humans seem to. You know, infringe on their territory. Sure, golf courses and things like that, yeah. Where with the Canada geese, like I could get up this morning and they might be up here on my deck infringing on my territory. That's right. I assume. And that, and then little turds everywhere. And swat them with a broom. You know, my um, daughter has a, a little dog, Winnie, a little terrier or whatever it is, just a sweet little dog. These, it, its poop is the same size as a Canada goose. 
So just imagine that. Having like 30 dogs on your it's, I get lawn, it, pooping all at once. It's no good. Uh, speaking of poop, though, it's, I, you know, stands 30 pounds, 28 pounds, you know, a little bit bigger than you're describing. And, and I'm pretty good about, especially now that, you know, the weather's nicer. I don't know if you, got, <laughs> if you notice the weather's better. But I, I go out with him now that I don't have to, I'm not freezing. And I follow him like I did this morning. And I pick it up as he's doing it. But I got a guy here in this complex, nice guy. But he's got a huge German Shepherd. Have you ever, you've seen the German Shepherd there, Dan? Atlas mm. is his name. It's a great dog, by the way. Super well-trained. I'm very impressed by this. But the dog's 100 pounds. So the other day I was picking up Stan's poo, sort of more on the west side, west of me here, Dan. And the German Shepherd's shit was there. And it's, it's like a gorilla. <laughs> it's, I had forgotten because I haven't had a big dog in a long time, but I've had a big dog. You know, same with you, Freddie. Billy was a fairly big dog. But the difference in size of deposits is quite impressive. Like Stan's little, you know, medium-sized dog, it's fine. But uh, well, those, 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 those poops, those are bigger than a human poop. I would like, say so. Thank you. You know, on, on yes. the poop scale area. They're, they're you know, gorilla. I'm telling wall. you, it's like an orangutan. It's, it's yeah. a massive. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, boy. And does the guy always pick it up? You know, he uh, is not as, uh, you know, fastidious with that as he could be. But I, you know, it's not. A, I, here's the way I look at it. It's not affecting my area. It's over near him, which is a few doors down from me. So I don't really care. Yeah, but tell me this. Come clean. Have you ever been in this situation? You're out with your dog. Um, you have your poop bag and everything, but it has a very loose poop. Oh, yeah. And it's like really messy. <laughs> so you lean down and pretend you're picking it up, and you sort of scoop right beside it and then pretend you're picking it up and then walk away. Tell me if you've ever done Are that. Are you kidding me? I could win best actor for that little move. <laughs> no, I have For sure I've done that, where you just kind of no. pretend to pick it up and it's too loose. You don't want to be carrying that around. Yeah, I defy, you know, like... Everyone who's owned a dog has done that. Of course. And it's not that bad because, you know, that might be one out of every 20 poops or whatever. So <clears throat> the ratio, you know, you're still on top of it. But, <sighs> you know, we lo- Dougie, Dougie a couple of weeks ago, whatever came out of him was like, I'm not picking that. Up. So, <laughs> but I look around and bend over and pretend I <laughs> Doug, man. <laughs> I um, guilty look around. <clears throat> yeah. We had Charlie's dog here whose poops are just minute and little chihuahua gray wow or whatever it's called it's like eight pounds but i gotta tell you charlie so charlie left it here monday tuesday wednesday thursday picked it up friday and i love this dog it's a sweet little animal and it's cuddly and it's you know like a dog but it it doesn't bark it shrieks that's what I said to Charlie. I said, can you take your shriek yapping dog home? Because and what happens is it shrieks and then Dan, Stan and then Stan starts to bark. Oh, so now right. any time and it's any movement. So Billy sits on the couch looking down on the street. So any movement on the street, it starts to shriek. <laughs> it's, it's kind of unnerving because like it'll be like in the middle of calm. I, I don't want to do the impression because it's kind of like it's it's not like a bark. It's like she's shrieking and yapping at the same time. <laughs> God damn it. 
<laughs> it is. We're not all blessed with good voices, I guess. That's no, exactly. Awesome. There you go. But uh, I, I love having, you know, it's fun having the other dog. And I think Stan likes it, too. You know, something, I guess they keep each other company when we're, when we're not here now. But, um, yeah. Well, Dan, are you, are you going to stick around? Do you have things to do? Are you going to hang around for the news? Will you at least uh, do that? Yeah, I'll come back and do I would love news. that. Yeah. Dan, are you coming up here today? I don't think so. Uh, but great. Why? Are you hanging out for a while? Or? Yeah, for a while. You said you were going to look at my power washer, too. Mm. Yeah. That's why I brought it up this weekend, and <laughs> you stood me up. But anyway, uh, that's fine. I'll leave it here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come okay. over here? I'll look at your power washer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you can if you want to drop by Lisa's, you can pick up mine. Mine works. No, no, no. Oh, please. Nothing that urgent, Dan. Nothing that urgent. Okay. Nope. All right. All right. Okay. Dan Duran's news uh, about a half an hour from now. We look forward to his return and appreciate uh, all that he does for this program. I, I've sent a note to Boone, and I feel bad for that person who is still hanging out in the... Uh... Who is it? It's our guest for tomorrow, who is the uh, death doula. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, and I don't... Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to remove them from the thing because then they're blocked for some reason on Zoom. But uh, right. I've sent yeah. several notes. Do you want me to... Here's what I should do. Do you, want me to, do you want me to admit them and then say, hey, listen, we're doing this tomorrow? What do you think? Yeah, we could do that. That would be nice. Okay, that seems like the nice thing to do. Let me do maybe that. She's, maybe, she, uh, maybe she's checking in to tell us that we won't be alive by tomorrow. <laughs> so she's got to do it today. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. She's like, hey, listen, I've got you guys on my schedule to kill today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let yeah. me see. Maybe. Okay, so I see three participants. Waiting room. Oh, there we go. All right. Monica Brom is her name. And uh, well, this is no big deal. It happens from time to time. Maybe she was just, you know, maybe she was just trying to figure out the the technology. It happens to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Monica, Monica, no. Okay, so Monica. Yes. I don't know if you saw any of the messages I sent you. You're scheduled for tomorrow, Monica, Tuesday. <laughs> well, no, I, come on now. Come on, Monica. That's a politically incorrect word. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Did you not yeah. see any of the messages I was just sending you there on the in the chat? Oh uh, no, I was I was uh, getting a glass of water. We, we just Can figured. You hear me? W- yeah, we hear you fine. We hear you fantastically. Uh, we just figured you're so in so eager to kill us that you wanted to get here a day early. I am. I'm excited. Okay. Well, listen, don't be nice. I I see uh, blowing palm trees in in the back. Where uh, background? Where are you? Or is that? That's just a background. Is it? Oh, it's just a background. Yeah. Aren't they moving those palm trees? Mm -hmm. You can have a video. I can't hear you. Uh, Teach me how to turn my audio up. Well, I'll tell you what, Monica, we're actually in the middle of doing the show. So why don't you take the next 24 hours to figure out how to hear us? Uh, did you, and, and then we'll have you back tomorrow morning at the same time. Okay. Thanks, Ciao. Monica. Have a good day, you too. gentlemen. Very nice. Wow, you can get backgrounds that actually move? Sure. I didn't know that. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. So you I just really thought she was somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Um, Monica, just hit end or, or leave or any of those buttons that you see. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you can do quite a few things with the uh, backgrounds on Zoom. Hmm. Have you ever seen this? Here, I'll show you something. Well, I know Sherpa does it quite often, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do now. Do you want to see what I look like with a goatee? <laughs> no, how about a jaunty chapeau? There we go. How you like that? Oh, very right. Jaunty <laughs> chapeau. Beautiful. Or what if I were a spy? That's cool. Oh, right. Look at that. Oh, no, it's ridiculous. I don't want you to tell me where that is. I'll never stop. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Just go to backgrounds and effects, and then uh, I got to get rid of it. (laughs) None. There we go. Um, Okay. Uh, Before we uh, move on to the next topic, which is uh, a couple things I wanted to run by you. Yeah, Um, I got a few, too. Okay. Then uh, let's, Mm -hmm. uh, let's catch up on some of our fine... Uh, supporters, some of the sponsors that have been helping us uh, through this uh, ch- these trying times. Yes, Howard. Like yes, Architec. Like yes, Architec? Please. Architec, a full-service turnkey building partner with their clients. Uh, they help create and design right down to an exacting level of detail. They do beautiful work, these people. They make sure it gets built to your exact specification, your backyard, your way done right okay of course it's your uh, it's your situation so it's got to be perfect for you uh, it makes it simpler for their clients uh, they source the materials make sure it meets building code requirements they prepare the construction plans apply for permits they do it all and they manage the job site really top to bottom professionals okay working with architect ensures that you get what you want and that it's done right go to architect.com or you can give them a, give them a call at 647-775-9222 that's architect well done uh we talked to Tim Daniels from Aaron Ventures uh, the other week. We're starting to get a real sense of what's going on with that company, which is now trading under the uh, stock ticker. Is it right? Stock ticker? A uh, stock symbol. <laughs> Did you ever do that? Right. Where you ever say something and you're not sure it's the right... It came out of your mouth, but you're not sure it's the right word? Stock oh, ticker? All the time. Stock symbol. Uh, under the stock symbol, Boron 1. That is Boron 1. Uh, either way, you check it out at AaronVentures.com. Get your Sherpa or the Sherpa to look at this emerging international junior mining and exploration company. I was actually on the website this morning. It's very interesting. And I say interesting, not in the Humble and Fred way, but in something that is actually interesting to see what this company is doing and how it might be a great addition to your portfolio. Their strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and regions internationally, specifically trying to get boron, which is ubiquitous in all the things we need and use in our daily lives, out of the ground. Go look at this company's uh, website, AaronVentures.com, and see if it fits into your plans. You know, it might be just the thing you need. It certainly is something to uh, at least be aware of. AaronVentures.com I have something uh, for you. 
That's okay. a, mus- a musical thing. Oh, okay. Uh, but I want to save it for a bit because it's uh, it goes to something we were talking about. I brought it up about how I'm not really sure if I understand artificial intelligence. I don't know what I'm going to be using it for, chat, GPT, and all this stuff. So I'm going to save mm-hmm. that for a second or two because I think it's going to... It certainly blew my mind. Uh, what is your? What's the first thing you would like to share? Well, um, yesterday, and again, this uh, kind of thing uh, flies under the radar, but it always affects me. Affects me the same way. Uh, Team Canada won the World Hockey Championships yesterday. That's the one that's always held in May. You know, in Europe. Um, you know, with players that teams didn't make the playoffs or whatever. But it's still the World Championships. In Europe, it's huge. And Canada uh, actually won it yesterday, beat Germany 5-2. to two, And I, <laughs> I watched it. I don't know. I'm just drawn to it for some reason. Um, and again, at the end, when, you know, they receive their medals and O Canada plays and, you know, Milan uh, Lucic and, uh, you know, Tyler Myers, all these NHL players arm in arm. Belting out the Canadian anthem as the flag raises. I'll, I'll tell you, it's it's like shivers up my spine and I get choked up a bit. And that's what happened to me yesterday, where I'm sure it's one of those things. Go out on the street today and ask 10 out of uh, ask 10 people what the score of that game was yesterday or, or even if they were no. playing. Yeah. And yeah. Until you brought it probably, up. Eight would probably yeah. say no. Until you brought it up. I wouldn't have known that was on. I, yeah. I'm aware that it, I'm, I'm aware that it <laughs> takes place. Yeah. But I'm happy we won. Yeah, and it, you know, you're just—it's uh, one of those things. You're all—you're a kid again at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. You just—and it was—it uh, was just a, a great, a neat sight, and uh, you know, and again, Canada now holds the world championship and the uh, world junior hockey championship, and say what you want, but it's nice, you know to hold on to that thing it's one thing canadians have isn't it hockey i was uh it's funny it's funny or Mm -hmm. it's interesting Mm -hmm. i just happened to be playing with a good young player yesterday golfing and he's 33 years old and we were talking about innovations in sport and he's a big kid six foot four six foot five you can't even imagine how far this kid hits a golf ball it's quite something and we're just walking down the fairway and I was we we're talking about how, you know, at, at some point coming in the future, there'll be a LeBron James style athlete in golf. And that that person will hit the ball, you know, ridiculous. And I said, you know, back to disruption, I said, do you how old are you? I said, 33. I said, are you aware of the 72 Team Canada series at all? Like, does that resonate with you at all? He's like, not really. And I said, well, it was a big disruption in the sport of hockey. The Russians changed the way that Canadians viewed hockey and training, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, again, my, I don't know. My point was just that, you know, he 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 wasn't aware of that. I can't remember the yeah. point, the t- what the time well, was. No, I get it. But that's 50 years ago. It's funny when people of that age watch the highlights from 72. Because whether we want to admit it or not, the ho- the hockey was slower. And oh yeah, and they were smaller, way more plodding, and they didn't shoot as hard, they didn't skate as fast, they just didn't. They didn't. Goalies didn't wear masks. So somebody like watching that seventy two series would go, "This is what the this was. This is what all the excitement was over." 
Look, it looks like a beer league now. <laughs> no, I, I, and you know what? If it comes to me some point today, why I was just I guess tying into the fact that we were I was talking hockey with somebody yesterday. Uh, I was actually one of the things I wanted to bring up with you was hockey, and I know I asked you this. I've asked several people this. Maybe I didn't ask you. One of my one of the guys I played with on Saturday is a super Leafs fan. Worse than you. Not well, I shouldn't say worse. Like he's the one I told you that his wife once duct taped him into his chair. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> he can't he, he's he's like you 15 20 years ago. He can't stop he can't sit down during a game. Paces, mm-hmm. he freaks out. And I asked him I said, "Does it make it Lenny less horrible or does it sting any word less take the sting away that Florida has gotten to the Stanley Cup finals?" And I think his response was the same as yours. No. 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 In fact, to me, it makes it worse. Because, they, as I said to you last week, they should have won that series. That should be the Leafs preparing for the Stanley Cup final. But again, you know what I mean? I'm a bit of a dreamer. You know, you're blind to your shortcomings, I guess. And there's so many holes in that Maple Leaf team as far as a playoff team goes. Mm -hmm. We were hoping weren't there, but became uh, painfully obvious over the playoff season. Uh, Follow-up question to my buddy Dave, who I'm talking about, the duct tape guy, and you. I said, uh, do you feel that Dubas leaving was the right move? And uh, universally, the answer was no. They all think that Keefe has to go. Uh, you know what, I, Howard, um, you know, I'm looking at 60 years of fan. Coaches come, general managers come. Every time one comes, they're going to be the guy that put us, puts us over the top. And then it doesn't pan out and they, you just move on to the next guy. That's where I'm at. It's like, he had a good shot. He was here nine years. He was he general was manager. Nine, he was here. Oh, Dubas was nine years, not Keith. Yeah. No, no, no. Keith's yeah. like Dubas, five or six years, right? Yeah. Dubas was here nine years, five as general manager. And again, they only won one playoff series. And uh, Sheldon Keith, it, Keith. Can be, it, it can be said that he was outcoached on many levels by Paul Maurice. And again. Wasn't Paul Maurice a, a Leafs coach at one time? Yes, he was, Howard. God. You find success when you leave. <laughs> That's so bu- you, it's so yeah. bizarre to me that that happens so much. There's so many right. occasions that somebody who was here didn't have success. Maurice yeah. is a genius now. He's in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. And who knows what it is. And, uh, you know, and Sheldon Keefe was a rookie coach. You know, was this the right job for him with that roster? Who knows? Again, I just find it all tedious because we've asked the questions about so many others over the years. It doesn't seem to matter whether it's the the stress of the job or the the pressure within this job in Toronto, which I'm sure is is immense. But yeah, but there's pressures other I places. I mean, I, I get I, it. You're right. We've had that conversation. People in Toronto have had that conversation for years, and I I've, I support it to a degree. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are other. Places where it's tough to play, New York, you know, L.A., Montreal, that they've had success. And you just think that at some point, like, I, that's what I, it made me think about with Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice was here, and now he's a genius because he's got his team to the Stanley Cup Finals. Was he not Was he not the coach with when they won a couple years ago as well? 
when who won? Didn't Florida win the Stanley Cup? No, no, no it was Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, right? It was Tampa Bay. Yeah, no, no. He he's coached in Winnipeg. He's coached in Carolina, and he's coached in Toronto, and now Florida. There may be another. I don't know. Um, but here here's it's just again just so disappointing. It's you you just now you know the fans in Florida. The limited number of fans in Florida are mm-hmm. get to enjoy what Toronto fans would just go berserk over. In, yeah. in the millions. Where yeah. in Florida, it'll be in the thousands. Well, and that's what I was going to bring up as well as part of the uh, Stanley Cup discussion. And I didn't know you were going to talk about Team Canada, by the way, which I think is great. Um, was not aware of it, but I'm aware that it takes place every spring. Were there any Leafs on the team? Uh, no. No. So the teams that are still uh, competing to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, the storied franchise, Dallas Stars, and just give me their chronology. Where'd they come from? Did they come from Minnesota yes, originally? Yes, they were the Minnesota North, North Stars. Stars yes. Right. Right. Caesar, who was, who was their goalie? Was it Caesar Maniego? Or was yep. he? Caesar Maniego. Yep, absolutely. Right. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. Crazy that I would remember that. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, of course, the other storied franchise competing to be in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Vegas, uh, what are they? Vegas Knights? Vegas Golden Knights were up 3 nothing on Dallas, but Dallas has come back to win the next two games. You know, the thing we were hoping the Leafs would, would do, but didn't. No. <laughs> so that is going to start uh, either Wednesday or Friday, I see here. Well, the, yeah, game, game six tonight is Dallas and Vegas. And the Bodog line on that, Dallas, minus 130, favored over Dallas, or uh, Vegas, plus 110. That's game six. Those uh, numbers from Bodog, you know, whether you're, uh, you know, a better, uh, a card player, uh, any type of uh, wagering that you might enjoy, uh, Bodog is the place to go. Love it. Love how you slipped that in there. Hey, let, let me just put it this way, because I was thinking about this on the weekend. You know, five years ago, say or whatever it was five six years ago they draft they've drafted austin Matthews. they've drafted mitch marner they have william nylander then they signed john Tavares. you think five years ahead from when all that sort of happened you think five years ahead man we're going to be in good shape Mm -hmm. if we haven't won a cup maybe two i mean this is a fantastic core and here we are I, i i'm we as we sit today instead of that the franchise is in tur- turmoil. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, again? Like, how did <laughs> That's they, right. How did they take that and turn it into the norm, which is turmoil? I so remember. They don't have a general manager. They don't have a coach. And Brendan Shanahan, you know, and now Austin Matthews is probably not going to sign by July 1st, which means he can be a total free agent during the season and go wherever he wants if he if he doesn't sign. And he's going to have a no move clause, uh, clause, which means they can't trade him. And it's it's turmoil. How I, did this happen? I remember how excited you were. Maybe I brought this up recently, but I remember how excited you were when they signed Austin Matthews. It was like a new baby. It was like yeah. you were. I remember you saying something. Me like you know, usually the best player goes to other teams, but now we've got the best player. This is great. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, exactly. you were genuinely excited, and now five years later, they've won one playoff series. 
Well, that that draft lottery, the year they got him, I fully expected, you know, the Leafs had the best odds, but I fully expected something to go wrong. Of course. Well, now and it most has. Leaf fans were, yeah, something will happen and they'll end up with the second pick or whatever. So they got it. And it's like, wow, maybe that is an indication that, you know, the situation has changed. And then they signed John Tavares and he's just turned out to be a huge anchor around their neck uh, contract wise now. And um yeah, they're really in a state of flux and limbo, and that's why I say it's almost hard to get upset of upset about it because it's just here we go again, you know. Well, I gotta switch gears mm. now. Mm. This is all gonna tie in another amazing humble and Fred series of segues. And by the way, that was the Bodog spot. Is there anything else you can add to that? You got it all in there. No, no, just, uh, yeah. Again, if, uh, you know, you like to wager on professional sports or you're a card player and all that stuff, it's there at Bodog. Nice. This is actually the full Ted Lasso theme. I've never actually heard the whole thing. We always just hear the, the, this part. They only play about 15 seconds of it. And the uh, artists are Marcus Mumford and Tom Howe. I'm assuming that's from Mumford and Sons. I don't know. I'm just uh, assuming. I'm making an assumption. The reason I brought it up is uh, the second to last episode of Ted Lasso was released this past week. I don't know. if If you're new to the series, I don't know what to tell you. It's one of the best I've ever seen. You know, top 10 or 15 television series that I can think of in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. To the point. Well, two things. I don't know. Are you up to date? Did you watch this last week's? Yes. Mm -hmm. Which was uh, the return of of, uh, Nate. That episode. Okay. So we're on the same page. The reason I. So I was like, I don't know how to describe this. It's a weird feeling. And I think people would relate to it where something that you so have such affection for is coming to an end. And it's almost like I watch it with a heavy heart because I'm like, well, this is the third last, the second last. And this week coming up will be the last of this series. So here's what I did. I was just, you know, I was busy on the weekend, but, you know, during the night, I don't have much to do, you know. So I thought, what am I going to watch so what I've gone and done is I've gone and started the series again. Oh. And I've gone. <laughs> I know. But they're 30 minutes. Whatever works for you. They're 30-minute episodes. Mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting. I'd forgotten a lot of scenes that I loved. And I blew through most of season one. So, you know, there's eight episodes or ten. So it's over the course of the weekend I watched ten episodes. By far my favorite episode of Ted Lasso is when he's one of the would be top 10 Ted Lasso episodes is when he and Rupert are playing darts. Do you remember this? And he's Rupert's a prick. And he basically says to his ex-wife that he's now bought 2% of the team. So he's going to be sitting in the owner's box and they have a little bet Ted Lasso against Rupert and Rupert's got his own darts. And then Ted is sort of floundering, but he says, Oh, maybe you didn't know I, I wasn't, I'm left-handed. And then he starts throwing darts for real. Anyway, it's a great scene. It's so good. It's so fucking pathetic, really. I watched the scene twice. 
Anyway, I don't know if you can relate to that feeling of this thing being over. And I just didn't want it to be over, so I've started watching it again. I yeah, not to the same degree. I watched the final uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I wonder if was going to bring that up, too. Yeah, and I felt that way. It was like, oh, what a... What, did, I said to what did you think my, of it? Because I was going to bring... That's my next item. I thought it was great. Me, too. I really did. I thought it was great. At the end, uh, I'm sort of trying to figure out exactly what's going on and why. And then the way it ended was just fantastic. Um, but I said to my wife, I said, as it ended, what a great series yeah. that was. Five years. All the actors. You know, and you know what I found myself, Howard? Never, like never before. Really enjoying costuming. Yeah. The dresses those women wore with the hats and... And the suits and the pants that the guys wore, I, it really got my attention. And it, well, because it's, <laughs> I, it's I'm not of, like that. It's of such a time. Well, yeah. It, the thing is, it's they put you in such a time capsule of, and yeah. and, and, and it sort of predates us. We were kids in the '60s. But I find mm-hmm. fa- I'm not. By the way, I agree with you. What I find fascinating about the way they dress is that. That was the way my mom and your mom, our mothers were dressing. That was what was fashion for our young mothers when they were in their late 20s and 30s. Because that's kind of how, how old Midge is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's, a, there's another thing. I watched. So I had two things I watched this weekend. The, the last second to last Ted Lasso and the very last Mrs. Maisel. Same thing with Mrs. Maisel. I'm not going to go back and watch all five seasons. But I rewatched the stand up piece that she did. I watched that twice. That gave me goosebumps. Like on like, the Gordon Ford show. On the Gordon one? Ford, yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Like when she transitioned from the stool and she took the mic. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was so great. Mm-hmm. And and then the, you know the, like the way all, all the writers were like just it was just so well done. Yeah. And if he, again, there no, it certainly was. Now I, I know I'm. The, we'd be sort of bad radio guys if we didn't mention. I know the last series uh, finale of Succession ran this weekend, and I know lots of people love it, but I, I don't know, man. I, I watched most of the first season. Maybe I should try again. I just never. It just never. I liked it enough, but apparently it's historic how great it was. I might give it a... We gave up on it. I just found it too frenetic. All the back and forth was too fast and cutting each other up and everything. I... I, I, I it became tedious for me. Maybe for and me, Del- too. Delise was the same way. Now, we get into it maybe into the third season or whatever and enjoyed it, but then it just become became... I don't know. I just... I was agitated a bit by it. If well, that, I got that way. That makes sense. I watched almost the entire first season, but I know people, my buddy Lumby, people I talked to this weekend, just f- like, uh, like again, the way we're talking about Ted Lasso uh, is the way some people were talking to me about Succession. And I've seen it online. It's, it's amazing. People are just, again, talking about the, the series ending and all this stuff. But I, I found it very similar to... Uh, my reaction to Yellowstone. It just didn't blow me away where other people were blown away by it. Yeah. Um, Yellowstone for me was just a steady downward curve. Like the last season, it's like I just kept saying, like, what is this? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. All the intriguing, compelling things that made it 
a notable series had just gone. It was weird. So I don't know where I'm going to be with that one. But again, Succession, I have a history with it, so I could drop in and maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if I wanted to, but I, I, don't, I, I just don't think of it. Now, getting back to Ted Lasso, I feel, you know, it's interesting with Ted Lasso, people that haven't watched it, when you say, oh, it's about the soccer coach, yeah. that a lot of people that turns them off, like, oh, it's about soccer, I don't, you know, I'm not interested. And then you have to say, but, you know, soccer's just the background, it's just a beautiful story around it. But a lot of people haven't given it the time because they just think it's about soccer, <laughs> which is wrong. Yeah. Well, no, and... and mm-hmm. You know, having again, having rewatched the first season, I started. I guess I got to the first episode of season two. the The evolution of the characters, and you know, the background of the game. But but it's funny. We've been talking a lot about football or soccer this last couple months because Welcome to Wrexham. We mentioned uh, what's the other documentary, um, Darren. Sunderland, Sunderland till I Sunderland. I, I finished that. Yeah the the culture of soccer. Mm-hmm. You see it again, how those fans act in Ted Lasso is exactly how they act in Welcome to Wrexham. It means more than just the game to them. And and the fact that this American, you know, the whole premise of Ted Lasso is this woman that we're talking about, Hannah Waddington, whatever her name is, she's a beautiful woman. Her Her husband, Rupert, who's the dick. Uh, in the divorce, she gets the team, and it's the only thing her husband loves. So she wants to fuck the team up to hurt him. So she hires somebody that has no mm-hmm. soccer experience. Right. It's kind of like what the Leafs do, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And uh, and it turns out to be this guy. But it works for them. It works for them. <laughs> it works for <laughs> it works for Richmond. Richmond. That's what they should do. The Leafs should hire Ted Lasso. Right. It works for Richmond AFC because Ted Lasso turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Just this extraordinary character, and that's what the point is. The point is that the game itself is less. It's less about winning the games than about changing the lives of people around them. I was thinking the other day, watching uh, Sunderland till I die, thinking if I was in university, I might do like a thesis on this or something. Because I've watched these shows, Welcome to Wrexham, and that one, and I'm no more a soccer fan than I ever was. In yeah, terms of just, the actual game, yeah. The actual game, because there's not a lot of the actual game in those shows. I mean, you see highlights and what those games mean. It's just, I've never seen anything like it. Like, from the crowd, what they yell and, like, the cursing and, like, listen, I'm a Leaf fan, but I have never, ever, I've never cried over them losing. I haven't. Or I've never stood up at the ACC and called somebody a fucking cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, you know, like, it's almost like um, soccer is almost a a vehicle for them to express their their anger or their suppression or I. I, But also to express something there, but also to express their joy. Think about think about the type. And that's a great. It's another interesting point, by the way. They're a pretty suppressed nation. Yes. This is what I'm thinking. In regular society in England, you don't talk about your feelings very much. Good, bad, indifferent. Mm-hmm. It's not a real touchy. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's changed now. But, but traditionally, the stiff upper lip, the Brino, um, never, let, never let them see you cry kind of thing. But so soccer is an outlet for all emotions. Good, bad, yes. and everything in between. 
Yeah, once you go in that stadium, like, it's all rules are off or something, and... Uh, Again, I can't pinpoint exactly what I'm saying here, but it's that's why. And again, I would love to go and be part of it, but most of most of my attention would be on the crowd, probably not the game. Seriously, you know. And I'm like, I've I've We're watched pubs. I've watched uh, Wrexham. I watch. In fact, it's funny because I can't wait for that second season of Wrexham to come out, which is chronicling their rise to the. They they actually get promoted. After having been relegated for 15 seasons, the fact that I know that is ridiculous, but I no sooner would watch a Wrexham game like I'm not drawn to the Premier League and Man City. I've no it's not going to I'm not going to turn it on on purpose, but within the within the sort of context not the confines within the context of the show, it's fascinating to me. Um, and it's looking back on season one of Ted Lasso, there's a little bit more soccer in it. There's a little bit more game action in it. But as you go on through the seasons, the game action drives the drives the show less and less. You know, there's because at first it's the fans who really hate Ted and he kind of wins everyone over. Uh but it's not because he becomes a better soccer coach. Even into season three, he still doesn't. There's a great scene actually in season one where he goes up to the ref. The ref calls offside. He calls up to the ref as a coach. He's like, hey, ref, tell me how that's offside. The ref looks at him and goes, no, no, but seriously, tell me. Explain to me what offside is. It's, just a, it's a great little joke. But just the way he does it, he's like, no, I'm serious. I don't know what offside. I don't know how you do it. Um you know, um, Sunderland Till I Died really reminded me in the, is it two seasons of that? Yeah, two seasons. Towards the end, the current owner, and I forget his name off the top of my head. And then the business manager he brought in really reminded me of CFNY back in the late 80s, early 90s, whenever that era was of ownership and management change. Because these guys came in and the business was just a mess. Mm-hmm. It was just a mess, and it was their mandate. We, You know, this is a business first, and we got to get the business healthy. And until this business is healthy, no one here is safe because it's not sustainable. And it was interesting, a couple of the employees rolling their eyes and thinking they knew more than the new owners. And the new owners are going, guys, we lost 18 million pounds last year. We can't, This can't continue to happen so we all got to roll up our sleeves and get to work and turn this around or we may all end up out of work and still there were employees that rolled their eyes and he was a goof and they were tired of listening to him and eventually they were let go but again it reminded me back in the the transition days oh, yeah. of and why remember when we had management coming in going yeah this is cute and everything but we got to make some money here and the people that pushed back it's such a naive level because, again, it's a business first. How do these lights go on? Like, you know, oh, yeah. how do we keep the transmitter going? How do we pay you? It's funny there. As long as I've been in radio, there was always the, you know, the programming side and yeah. the sales side. And, you know, and I've always was curious about how the sales side went. But now having 12 years of you and I doing both programming and sales, you know, you have to make accommodations or there are no sales. Mm-hmm. And programming, in our case, you know, we allow the sales to bleed into the show for the reasons that that's how we continue to do this. <laughs> that's all we that's have. The reality. You know, I think it's funny sometimes when guys will ask me, like, well, how, how do you guys make money? I said, well, all those, all those sponsors we talk about. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, uh, this uh, while we're listening, somebody on Facebook reminded me. This is one of my uh, I wouldn't say favorites, but I'd forgotten that Tina Turner and Brian Adams did a duet. And while we're listening to "It's Only Love," Fred, let's talk about let's put some love into this pocket. Oh, like the retirement sherpa. Yeah, is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Timmy will be by on Wednesday, his regular date, and we're going to talk about. Do you have a group RRSP or a pension? There's differences there, you know, uh, and you got to think about your overall plan. Is it all invested properly? Does it fit with your other investments? You know, hey, did you make dollars somewhere else years ago that's still buried somewhere and how that can be worked into the equation? Okay, this is all going to be discussed by the master, Tim Nibbler, retirementsherpa.ca. I actually give a shout out to my buddy Steve Lavery. He's the one who said, uh, who reminded me about Tina Turner and Brian Adams. Uh, let me remind you about another friend of this program, a great friend who uh, has supported us through the years and is back now. I'm talking about our buddy Anthony at uh, Palma Pasta, 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take home entrees. Entrees? Entrees, yep. Entrees. That's a new thing. That's a new thing. <laughs> Only Palma Pasta has entrees. Take home entrees. Mama Palma's recipe, nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy, using Italian cheese to flour and Italian tomatoes. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, featuring their signature store, Palma's Kitchen. As I mentioned, man, if you haven't been there in a while, check it out. It's growing all the time. If you can't make it, order online at palmapasta.com. So, uh, the musical thing I had set aside for you, and uh, I was kind of waiting for Dan, but we can do it before Dan gets here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, obviously Dan's not listening. Yes. And this is a, I don't know, I guess maybe other people had heard this already, but I saw this on social media and I was kind of fascinated. Let me play something for you and then I'll explain what it is after, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me just get this for you. Uh, I'll just give you a hint of from the world of artificial intelligence. You know, it's obvious. Freddie and I, both uh, one of our favorite bands, if not our favorite, is the Beatles. And... Um, Here's an undiscovered Beatles tune. you're listening to is a completely AI generated Lennon and McCartney original really of a song they didn't write never sang together it's not their voices it's all it's it's fast I don't again I don't understand it I mentioned this a few weeks ago about you know what part of AI will ever affect my life but the voices are so close it's just kind of creepy actually 
Dan, what I was going to... Did you hear the start of this, Dan? This is actually a... Listen to this. So think about it. The Beatles could release new music through the power of AI. Yeah. Like the Lennon voice is so close. And then there's Paul McCartney. Again, this is completely AI generated. Threw little uh, record scratches in there. Too. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you caught that. Exactly. There's little record scratches, like it's a long lost 45. Anyway, I'm going to send it to you, Freddie, so you can have a listen to it. It's pretty good. No, I know, but you know, it's like social media has made us all become a little less personal. It's very impersonal, you know, communicating through texting or ragging out on somebody over social media where you wouldn't to their face. Again, that whole impersonal thing, and this just adds to it. Like, I mean, that's neat, but it, but it's not them. They didn't write it. They didn't say it. It's it's, it's oh, 100%. It's hollow, you know. It, it is sad but neat. Sad but neat. But but yeah, for 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 sure. I mean, that's not the first thing I thought of. But I did think yeah. of the fact that you know, if you don't know the Beatles' music, right? If you're not really, it's just a thing in the background that you've heard, or your parents, or your yeah. grandparents, right? You know, that's a pretty good impression, yeah, uh, or a representation of Beatles' music. How would something like that ever be? Say somebody created that and it was a great song and a hit. How how would that ever? Who owns it? Who's <laughs> who has rights to it? Who like it's you know what I mean? Where does all, all does that all fit the it, equation? Well, and it ties into this uh, Canadian computer scientist. Mm-hmm. Yoshua ben- Bengio or Bengio, considered one of the godfathers of deep learning, called for governments to move faster to regulate artificial intelligence. Like a lot of scientists around the planet, quote, he says, there are much greater dangers than we even thought about, dot, 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 a few years ago. And then whenever I hear this, I always say, Dan, did none of these people see Terminator? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, are they? I mean, I know you're smart and everything. Just watch fucking Terminator. What do you mean? There are greater dangers than we thought about. It. We thought about it because we saw Terminator. There's nothing but a, a huge uh, section in the library. <laughs> exactly. Do these guys he, way back. have these guys not heard of Skynet? Have they not heard of Skynet, Dan? And even before that, I remember like a 1970s stupid show, which is called Colossus and Guardian. Nice. Which was two computers that, that uh, were, were battling it out. They turned all the war over to the computers and they were battling it out on right. the planet or something. And the end of, uh, of course, end, end of civilization was right around the corner. But that was years and years ago. It's, so it's not, Fre- nothing new here. Fred's comment about, you know, if somebody did a Beatles uh, AI generated song or U2 or just think about it, any band you like and mm-hmm. and. It actually wasn't like that's an okay song. Like it's not, not it's it's. A, I I think it's a pretty good representation. But let's sure. say a really good song came out. Wh- where I know this guy's talking about different dangers, but that's a danger. Sure, it is. You know, if I'm Paul McCartney, I'm pissed. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah doesn't Paul McCartney own the Paul McCartney? 
the copyright or something on his. But that's not Paul McCartney. But on his vocal representation, there's going to be so many well, court cases. So would somebody have used a Paul McCartney um, something to AI that voice? To train it? Yeah, I would have had to of all the Beatles songs. Well, then there's got to be some legal thing there, but... Is that how it would work, Dan? That the, the, the AI takes in the information and then well, just that's recreates how, that's how it? Colton did it with Dan. Exactly. Yeah. It's all the training data that it's based on. So that's why you end up with, you know, great AI solutions with, uh, you know, honest, truthful data. Or, there, you know, you can end up with... There was a story about a, uh, a lawyer who apologized to the court because he came up with a brief of a bunch of... Uh, quoting a bunch of cases that never happened. And that was because he used chat GTP. Right. And, and the computer invented these cases that never existed that so supported his argument to, yeah. yeah and there was the the opposing party but there's out about it there's so, going to be wow. court cases case cases for years just on what we're talking about oh yeah film uh, television shows people's because doesn't paul mccartney and in the beatles don't they own their vo- vocal representation and they'll sue to have that stopped yeah you know it's like the whole fake news thing. I mean, fake news is fake news. The whole concept of fake news, it's bullshit because generally news is okay. But when we get with this AI stuff, we're always going to be in a position. Is this real or not? Yeah. Like, is this who wants to be in that position? Well, to, al- to almost have to question everything you hear. Well, the good news is we've got the death duel on tomorrow, so we can just we can <laughs> we don't schedule have to be part of it. We can schedule an exit uh, on the same lines of this uh, scientist saying that there are much greater dangers. Another scientist at the University of Stanford. So this isn't like a community college. Mm-hmm. A University of Stanford professor says, "What are the odds that aliens are on Earth?" The number he puts it at one hundred percent. Fuck one hundred. Percent says Professor Gary Nolan. He believes extraterrestrials, Dan, have been here for a long time. Integrating into society. Well, that's another uh, plot. Another in, uh, plot of every <laughs> science fiction movie. <laughs> Hasn't Dr. Nolan seen Name the Movie? 100% Fred, aliens are amongst us. Okay. And they're observing to what end? I wonder. Well, no, they've they, they they they've actually they've turned into you know they're using uh, human exo exo what is the word Dan exoskeletons exoskeletons yeah yeah anyway uh, well we're all in we're all in trouble uh, Dan are you ready are you prepared for your yeah, news? I've got a little, little news? all right mm-hmm. let me get this on for you now here's to a fella named Anderan a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low huh. Anderan, the anchorman, comes to ask for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Danderan, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Lisa's well-appointed Peterborough home, festooned in a striped shirt... And his summer anchor wear, <laughs> the Dan Duran summer anchor wear line. Here's Anchorman Dan Duran. 
All right, let's go over some of the headlines. There's election day in Alberta. Today's the day Alberta gets to vote. NDP or UCP, Rachel or Danielle, they're neck and neck. So get out and vote for your, your favorite party there if you're in yeah, the Yeah, Daniel Alberta Smith's world. got a bit of a lead there. Yeah, Calgary's a, a ground, isn't it? It's a, it's a, a war ground. Calgary. Deciding. You know what I find bizarre about that? Usually the fact the race is between the NDP and the conservatives. Usually it's the conservatives and the liberals or the liberals and the NDP. Right. Rarely do you get the conservative like those are the two options i mean they're so anti-liberal out there and i don't know if that's attached or to trudeau on a federal level but it's just where else in the country do you get ndp against conservative super conservative too yeah yeah it's weird it's very weird and, and, over to, the be, years. and to be neck and neck basically yeah you know uh, up until as howard said maybe this weekend it they pulled ahead but yeah and and the politics in alberta have always has been weird i mean there's you just leave the province for a couple of years and all of a sudden the parties have changed i mean the ucp mm-hmm. is you know whatever the wild rose party and all the rest of that before right. it's like you know, lost track when we lived there where the conservatives were quirky like ralph klein he's oh, just right, kind yeah. of a dopey kind of rob ford boozy mm-hmm. just you know Although apparently he's he's thought of as you know a guy that did pretty well, but Danielle Smith is she, for people who are unfamiliar, she's the uh, leader that has basically said Alberta will not. Well, they'll ha- they they will decide whether they want to you know go with some of the stuff that the the Canadian government wants them to do. Like they'll be able to decide if they want to be part of the country in certain ways. I don't know. Some sort of sovereignty stuff. Yes, Alberta sovereignty. Which has always kind of been of a thing there because Alberta's always been pissed off at Ottawa because mm-hmm. of the uh, the oil and the, the taxes around oil. But yeah. I don't know. It's like, anyway. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's the era of nasty and she's, hopefully it's fading away. We'll see. But that's, you know, again, it's all, again, does she exist? Does that party exist without Donald Trump? You know, Who knows? It's it's just listen. There are autocrats it's still somewhat fashionable on some level, but and but it's also global. It's I mean Donald Trump oh, was yes, the yes, American yes. manifestation of it, mm-hmm. but autocrats and oligarchs and fascism has got a has had a real comeback in the last ten years. Hey, yeah. Daniel, do you have a second story? Uh, just another one. Did you know that there's a... Oh, you want to play some music? Okay, sorry. Uh, with more information... Uh, yeah. Here's Dan DeRue. Did you know that there's a heart failure convention? How, how, how am I not invited to that? <laughs> <laughs> it was in Prague. It was last Prague's weekend. Prague's a nice city. <laughs> they just right. held it. Yeah. And now we know that stronger leg strength gives you a better chance of recovering after a heart attack. So if you drill down in some uh, some studies there that figures it. So basically, yeah. the overall conclusion is that the more muscle you create for yourself around your skeleton, the better for you. And there's now evidence to show that you'll live longer, uh, especially if you have a heart attack, by maintaining a proper, you know, like a uh, regimen. That's good Get news. Makes sense. Work yeah. out your body. Very good Makes news. Sense. Um. One other story, fellas, that, you know, because we touched on it the last time we were live, was the uh, American debt ceiling. They have reached a tentative Mm. agreement. Surprise, surprise. Uh, 
So we're, you know, our uh, retirement funds and the stock market and everything should be safe over the next few days. Well, shouldn't be, well, except, um, not except, except Wednesday, 44 of those fucking nincompoops have just said they're going to vote against it in Congress. Yeah. They just they, are the worst. Are there? Yeah. Well, I don't want to get into it because I'm all excited. <laughs> Just well, it's, just, it's still a, a, a shit show in slow oh, motion yeah. because there's no there's no conclusion yet until everybody votes on it. Right. That's so, right. I think they're, not they're all too scared not to. I mean, they talk a big game. It's a lot of blather, but they'll you watch. It'll well, it would be an interesting whatever the conservatives are doing, then the then McCarthy's reign may be in in danger because of the. Uh, whole negotiation that they had done with the uh, the whackouts because the whackouts are running it now i mean i know mm-hmm. i i know that we uh we've tried to sort of you know cut back on the american bullshit but it is i mean and maybe saving it to this point of the show most people have already checked out um <laughs> this nincompoop one of the 44 nincompoops lauren bobert apparently for the first time in history president joe biden has plan has a plan to combat anti-Semitism nationwide, calling it a way to go after conservatives. I guess on Thursday, Biden rolled out what the White House is billing as the first ever U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. And of course, Bobert's like, "Nah, <laughs> I'm against that. I'm against that." What when they say it like this, they mean they want to go after the tactics are straight out of the USSR's playbook. I thought they all loved the USSR. But it's it's like the Roger Waters thing. You could take any issue and twist mm-hmm. it in a way where, you know, you know, the basis of the foundation is evil, but you you try to present it like you're on level, some level of good or righteous or it's just what a world we we live in. But like, can you, there can't be there can't be one thing where they yeah, go exactly, like, yeah, exactly. That's a good idea, Mr. President. That's, that's right. A good idea. Hey, we, President Kabelzin <laughs> says, "Hey, we're we're going to do something here to combat the leading hate, you know, in our culture in terms of you know statistical anti-Semitism." But they can't go. No, they're against that. No, I'm voting against <laughs> that. No, that's we're going to keep like, keep more anti-Semitism. Anyway. Yeah. It's just bizarre. It is bizarre. It's just a sad statement of where we're at. Tomorrow we're going to learn all about uh, assisted death. <laughs> it's going to be great. And so we had uh, this lovely woman, Monica. She checked in early, but we're going to figure out how to get her to hear us tomorrow and how she can, you know, work on the Zoom. But it's going to be a fascinating discussion because a lot more Canadians and people around the world are choosing this uh, medically assisted Made. No one of the three. Am I am medically assisted something death? Whatever that is. I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, are you done, by the way, Fred? Yes. Okay. Clean slate. Here, I'm just trying Everyone to... has been acknowledged. Made accounted for 3.3 of all deaths in Canada. Medically assisted in... Oh, yeah. Medical assistance in dying. Mm. <laughs> I'm doing it on my own. I don't have any assistance. <laughs> just, I'm doing it solo. Solo assistance in dying. Mm-hmm. Um, Running it down, are you? <laughs> yeah. You never you you would never find a show where two guys are more excited about talking about somebody <laughs> killing them. This is a person who reached out to us who actually said she would be honored to assist us in our dying. <laughs> Can't wait. Oh, oh yeah. fuck. 
<laughs> that is so humbling. She doesn't even know what day of the week it <laughs> she doesn't is. Doesn't care. Just put us on the calendar. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, thank you very much for all your help today, and we'll see everyone tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and our newest sponsor, Stretch Lab Toronto, helping you improve posture, relaxation, and decrease stress. We read all of our emails, and now we uh, we've got that Thursday email show for the summer. Here we go, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps us out, so does writing a review and giving us the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch for your AI-generated music library coming soon from KTEL. Enjoy every goddamn day. The lights total low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?